Chapter 9 The Midnight Duel On the day Harry learns that his flying lessons will begin, he also learns Draco Malfoy will be in his class. I can't believe it, Harry complains. I'm going to make a fool of myself on a broomstick in front of Malfoy. You don't know that, Harry, says Ron. Malfoy says he's so good at Quidditch. But I think he just likes to hear the sound of his own voice. But, like Harry, there are other children who are nervous about learning to fly. Neville Longbottom has never been on a broomstick in his life, mainly because he always has accidents. And Hermione is almost as nervous as Neville. Flying on a broomstick is something that she cannot learn from a book. But of course she has tried. Later that afternoon, they have their first lesson in a large grass field near the Forbidden Forest. On the ground, there are 20 broomsticks lying in perfect lines in the grass. The older students from Gryffindor say that the school brooms are not very good. They say that they vibrate if you fly too high, or they always fly a little to the left. Their flying teacher is Madame Hooch. She is short with gray hair and yellow eyes. Well, what are you all waiting for? She barks. Everyone! Stand next to a broomstick! Come on, hurry up! Harry looks down at his broomstick. It is very old, and it looks very uncomfortable and very unsafe. Hold your right hand over your broom and say, Up! yells Madame Hooch. Up, up, up! up everyone shouts. Harry's broom jumps into his hand immediately. But this does not happen with the other students. Hermione's broom just rolls over on the ground, and Neville's broom does not move at all. Maybe brooms know when you are scared, Harry thinks. Neville's voice sounds like he is terrified, and he wants to keep his feet on the ground. Madame Hooch then shows them how to get on their brooms and sit without falling off. She walks down the line of children and corrects how they are holding the brooms. Harry and Ron are very happy when she tells Malfoy that he has been doing it incorrectly for years. Now, yells Madame Hooch, then I blow my whistle. Push hard off the ground with your feet. Keep your brooms steady. Rise a meter or so, and then come back down by leaning forward a little bit. Three, two... But Neville, because he is so nervous, pushes very hard with his feet before Madame Hooch blows the whistle. Come back, boy, she shouts. 
but Neville is rising straight up into the air like a cork from a champagne bottle. Five meters, ten meters. Harry can see Neville's terrified face looking down. Neville screams in fear, <coughs> slips over the side of his broom, and <coughs> Neville is lying on his face in the grass, and his broomstick flies off by itself into the forbidden forest. Madame Hooch is standing over Neville. Broken wrist, she says quietly. Come on, boy, it's all right. Up you go. Madame Hooch helps Neville up and says to the whole class, None of you move while I take this boy to the hospital wing. Leave the broomsticks on the ground or you will be expelled from Hogwarts before you can say Quidditch. Let's go, dear. As she walks away with Neville, the children notice something shining and sparkling in the grass where Neville has fallen. It is Neville's remember-all, a shiny round glass ball that helps you remember things. It is a gift Neville has received from his grandmother. Malfoy runs over to the object and picks it up. <laughs> it's that stupid thing Longbottom's grandmother sent him, laughs Malfoy. Give that to me, Malfoy, says Harry quietly. Everyone stops talking and watches what is about to happen. Malfoy has a cruel smile on his face. I think I'll leave it somewhere for Longbottom to find. How about... Up in a tree, says Malfoy. Give it here, yells Harry. But Malfoy jumps on his broomstick and flies away. He is not lying. He knows how to fly well. High above, Malfoy calls out, Come and get it, Butter. Harry picks up his broom. No, shouts Hermione Granger. Madam Hooch told us not to move. You'll get us all in trouble. Harry ignores her. He jumps onto his broom and kicks hard against the ground. He flies high into the air. He realizes with great joy that he is naturally good at flying. It is easy and wonderful. He leans back on the broomstick and flies higher into the sky. He can hear the screams and gasps of the children on the ground, and he hears Ron shout in admiration. Go get him, Harry! Harry turns his broomstick to face Malfoy in midair. Malfoy is not expecting any of this. He is in shock. Give me Neville's remember-all, yells Harry, or I'll knock you off your broom. Malfoy begins to look a little worried. Oh, yeah, he answers. Come and get it. Harry does not know how he knows, but he knows what to do. He leans forward and shoots towards Malfoy like a 
bullet. Malfoy manages to move out of the way just in time. Crab and Goyle aren't up here to save you, Malfoy, yells Harry as he turns around to face Malfoy again. Come on, Potter, yells Malfoy. Catch it if you can. He throws the glass ball high into the air and turns quickly and flies back down to the ground. Harry sees the ball rise high into the air and then start to fall back to the ground. He leans forward and points his broom down. He begins to move faster and faster, racing the ball as it falls. The wind is whistling in his ears as he dives down. The children below are yelling and cheering in support. He reaches out his hand, and just before he crashes into the ground, he catches the ball and pulls up on the broomstick and lands softly in the grass. He is holding Neville's remember-all safely in his hand. Harry Potter! It is Professor McGonagall. She is coming towards them quickly. Harry gets to his feet. He is terrified of what Professor McGonagall will do to him. I have never, in all my time here at Hogwarts, seen such disobedience from first-year students. You might have broken your neck. Professor McGonagall is very angry. Follow me, Potter, right now. I'm going to be expelled, Harry thinks. I just know it. He wants to say something to defend himself, but he cannot find his voice. He has not been at Hogwarts for two weeks, and he is now going to have to return to live with the Dursleys. Professor McGonagall does not say a word as she enters the school. Harry follows her miserably as they walk down a long corridor and stop in front of a classroom. Professor McGonagall opens the door. Excuse me, Professor Flitwick. I need to borrow Oliver Wood for a moment. A confused boy comes out of the room. He is an older boy from the fifth year. Come with me, Wood. You too, Potter. They follow Professor McGonagall as she walks quickly down the corridor and enters an empty classroom. Potter, this is Oliver Wood. Wood, I've found you a seeker. The confused look on Wood's face changes to happiness. Are you serious, Professor? says Wood. Absolutely, she answers. The boy is a natural. I have never seen anything like it. Wood's captain of the Gryffindor team, Professor McGonagall explains. Was that your first time on a broom, Potter? Harry does not have a clue what is happening, but he nods his head yes. He is the perfect size for a seeker. Light, fast, Wood says excitedly. We'll have to get him a decent broom, Professor. 
a Nimbus 2000 or a Clean Sweep 7. Have you ever seen a game of Quidditch, Potter? Harry shakes his head. No, that doesn't matter. If what Professor McGonagall says is true, you might be the perfect person to help us end Gryffindor's losing streak. It's about time we take back the cup from Slytherin. Professor McGonagall looks at Harry very sternly. I want you to train very hard, Potter. Or I might still punish you for your disobedience today. Then she suddenly smiles. Your father would have been proud of you. He was an excellent Quidditch player himself, you know, she says. Now, get back to your house. We'll talk later. Harry, still confused but excited, heads back to Gryffindor. Later that night, during dinner, Harry tells Ron and the other children of Gryffindor about his encounter with Professor McGonagall. It is hard for them to believe it. Even Harry has difficulty believing what is happening, but Wood confirms the incredible news when he comes by the table and talks to Harry again. You start training next week, Potter. You'll be the youngest seeker in a century at Hogwarts. See you next week. Ron is so impressed and amazed, he just sits there with his mouth open. Then, Malfoy appears. Crab and Goyle stand next to him like stone columns. Is this your last meal before you get expelled, Potter? Says Malfoy with a cruel smile on his face. <laughs> I hope you enjoy life with the muggles again. <laughs> he laughs at his own meanness. You're very brave, now that you are on the ground with your little friends with you, says Harry, with more confidence than he feels. In fact, Crab and Goyle are not little at all. I can fight you any time, Potter says Malfoy. How about tonight? A wizard's duel. Wands only. No physical contact. What's the matter? You've never heard of a wizard's duel? Of course he has, answers Ron in Harry's defense. Harry accepts, and I'll be his second. Malfoy smiles and looks at the two boys beside him. Crab's my second. Tonight, then, at midnight, in the trophy room. Malfoy looks at Harry with a mean face. Don't be late, coward, he says, and walks away with Crab and Goyle on each side. You can't have a wizard's duel with Malfoy tonight, says Hermione, who has been listening to the conversation. You'll be caught, and you'll get us all in trouble again. I don't even know what a wizard's duel is, says Harry, confused. And what's a second, Ron? Well, as your second, answers Ron, if you die in the duel, I take over. It's a normal practice in the wizarding world. 
But don't worry, I don't think either of you know enough magic to really hurt each other. Just a bunch of noise and smoke, probably. Later that night, Harry is nervous about his duel with Malfoy. But he gets out of bed, picks up his wand, and he and Ron leave the Gryffindor common room as quietly as they can. Before they can exit through the painting in the corridor, there is a voice from one of the chairs. I can't believe you're going to do this, Harry. It is Hermione Granger. You, says Ron angrily. Go back to bed. I'm coming too. It is Neville Longbottom, who wakes up when he hears all the talking. Harry does not want anyone to get in trouble, but he is relieved that he will not face Malfoy alone. The small group leaves the common room and heads down the corridor to the trophy room. Hermione continues to complain about Gryffindor losing points, and Neville walks into a wall in the dark corridor. At every corner, the children expect to see Filch or his cat, Mrs. Norris. But they are lucky. They finally arrive at the trophy room safely. But the trophy room is empty. Malfoy and Crab are not there. The minutes pass, but Malfoy does not come. Maybe he's afraid, says Ron, hopefully. Suddenly, they hear a voice from the next room. It is not Malfoy. It is Filch talking to his cat. Can you smell them? They are in here somewhere, for sure. They are probably hiding. Malfoy has tricked them. He has told Filch that Harry will be waiting in the trophy room. Harry does not wait to be captured. Follow me, he whispers, and they run silently toward another door, away from Filch's voice. Neville, in complete terror, crashes into a suit of armor that is in the trophy room. The sound is loud enough to wake all of Hogwarts. Run! yells Harry. They run as fast as they can. They do not look back to see if Filch is following them. They have no idea where they are going until they come to the end of a corridor. There is a locked door. They can hear footsteps approaching them. It must be Filch. I know a spell to unlock doors, says Hermione. Hermione touches her wand to the lock on the door and says, Alohomora! The lock clicks, and they run through the door. They wait quietly on the other side, listening. They can hear Filch talking to Mrs. Norris. There's no one in this corridor, and the door is locked. They must have gone down another corridor, my love. Let's go. They can hear Filch's footsteps move in the opposite direction. I think we're safe now, 
says Harry. What is it, Neville? Stop pulling on my robe. Harry turns around and sees quite clearly why Neville is trying to get Harry's attention. This night has turned into a nightmare. They are not in a room at all. They are in a corridor, the forbidden corridor on the third floor. And now they know why it is prohibited to come here. They are looking straight into the eyes of a giant dog. A dog that fills the whole space between the floor and the ceiling. The monstrous dog has three heads. Looking at the children are three pairs of huge eyes, three wet noses, and three drooling mouths, with saliva hanging down like ropes from giant yellow teeth. The monster is standing perfectly still, just looking at them. And the only reason they are not dead already is that the children surprise the dog. But the dog is recovering quickly from its surprise. Harry reaches desperately for the doorknob and turns it. If he has a choice between Filch and being eaten by a dog, he will take Filch. They all run through the door, and Harry shuts it quickly behind them. Luckily, Filch is not there anymore. They run back to Gryffindor as fast as their feet can take them, until they are standing in front of the painting of the fat lady that covers the secret entrance. Now, safe inside the Gryffindor common room, Hermione says, did anyone use their eyes in that corridor? All the children look at her, confused. I used my eyes, and all I saw was a giant dog, says Harry. Didn't you see what it was standing on? The floor, answers Ron. No, not the floor. It was standing on a trap door. It's obviously guarding something. This night has been too much for me. I'm going to bed. All the children agree that the night has been a very exciting one, and as Harry is lying in his bed, he has a lot to think about. The dog was guarding something. Could the dog be hiding something important? Like a package that someone wanted to steal from Gringotts? Hagrid had told Harry the only place safer than Gringotts was Hogwarts. It looks like Harry has discovered where that little package from Vault 713 is. <laughs> <laughs>